Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father God, we just thank you, God, for your spirit, and we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, God, that you've commended us, Lord, to the word of your grace, which is able to build us up, Lord, and give us an inheritance. We thank you, God, for your word that goes into our spirits. I thank you, Lord, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Lord, we need your word. We need you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't want you to be afraid now, but I broke a blood vessel in my right eye. So if I'm looking at you kind of funny, don't worry, it's not a devil. You know, it's just a broken blood vessel. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark told me this morning, damn, oh, not looking good. I don't know how I did it. Um, open up your, with me to John chapter 16, please. John 16. And we'll begin reading in verse 33. John 16, in verse 33. If you're there, say amen. All right. Jesus said, this is Jesus talking here. He said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now, some translations say take heart. Does anyone have an NIV that says take heart? Um, the New King James reads, be of good cheer. Some, some translations might read, be, be encouraged or, or take heart. Be courageous, amen. Um, you know, in the parable of the, of the sand and the rock, Jesus said that one thing is for certain, that the storms of life will come to all of us. And, and Jesus said, you know, on, on the person that has built his house on the rock, He'll be able to withstand the storms that come in life. He says, so the storms come to everyone, but it depends on where we're building and where we're living and our state of being when the storms of life come that determine whether or not we topple completely or not. Amen? So one thing's sure, we're going to deal with tribulation. This word tribulation here, uh, it really means pressure. Uh, the word is used to describe the crushing of grapes in an oil press. Raise your hand if you know what it's like to be under pressure. They say that stress, medical doctors say that stress is responsible for more physical disease than any other uh, intangible factor. That, that the stresses of life, when they get to us, and when they, when they get inside of us, 
and they preoccupy us that we actually have a physiological response to the stress of life. So Jesus is saying, and I love the fact that he's not saying, come on, guys, get it together, you know. He's saying, listen, I understand that you are going to deal with pressure. I understand that you are going to deal with stress. I understand that you are going to have to deal with trouble in your life. But there's one thing I want to tell you about how to deal with it. He said, I want you to be of good cheer. I want you to have peace in me. And in my mind, when I think of pressure and stress, I don't think that it coexists very well with peace. But in the mind of God, Jesus says, you can have both. I want you to learn to have stress, to have pressure, and at the same time, to have peace in me. Because I have overcome the world. So he gives us a very definite reason. And by the way, he gives us a little anecdote. Sometimes we have to laugh at the devil. Sometimes we got to loosen up a little bit and we have to learn to laugh. We have to learn not to take everything so seriously. Amen. Can I, can I say that around the holiday season? Thank you, Nancy. Amen. The devil wants to, he wants to distract us. He wants to distract our focus. He wants to get us worked up about every little thing. But at the heart of the impetus of every little thing is a discontentedness in our spirits. There's a lack of peace and there's a lack of rest in the presence of God. There's a lack of that abiding presence where we're living and abiding in him. There's a lack of that abiding word where we're just um, living and where our minds are fixed upon him. And when those little stressors come, it's almost like they hit that button and then that comes out. And really, it's not that little stressor. What's really going on is it's a symptom of the fact that we need God in our spirits in a more real way, in a more way of dwelling and abiding. But Jesus says, listen, here's how you can be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So Jesus says, because I've overcome you can overcome. So I want you to learn to be an overcomer in life. I want you to learn to see problems as an ability for you to overcome them. I want you to stop running from people that intimidate you and looking for a perfect environment where you can dwell free of trouble and go right back into the door of the place that causes you the trouble and say, I'm going to overcome right here, right now, in these circumstances, because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm telling you, I feel like God says, it's time to stop running. And it's time to settle our feet in and say, God is with me, and with him, I can overcome. I will overcome because he's with me. Amen? So Jesus says, when you follow me, you become what I am. I am an overcomer, and I overcame the world. And you also will overcome the world if you follow me. And uh, you don't have to go there with me. I just want to read to you seven promises to seven different churches. I might, I might not read all seven of them. For people who overcome in this life. And Jesus begins each message to each church with a couple of different things. He gives them a compliment. 
He gives them a rebuke, and then he gives them a promise. And I just want to read the promise to each church. And by the way, he prefaces this promise with, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. To he who overcomes, he shall not be hurt by the second death. How many know there's two deaths, not just one? To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. To him who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. To him who overcomes, he shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and the angels. To him who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. And I'll write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of the heaven of my God. And I'll write on him a new name. And finally, the seventh promise. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Notice in this last promise, Jesus says, as I also overcame. So we are invited, and Jesus is encouraging us. He's saying, listen, I overcame the world. You're going to overcome the world. He said, well, what is there to overcome? Well, how many know in every area, you might say, of his ministry, Jesus was confronted with challenges? In fact, it says at one point when Jesus was moving about his ministry and moving toward Jerusalem, that the Pharisees came and they confronted him. We are going to be confronted in this life. We are going to be challenged in this life. The Bible says that the kingdom of God right now is being preached and everyone is pressing into it. Pressing. Why? Because the Bible says that the things that are honorable in the world are not honorable with God. And everything that the world highly esteems, some of the things that the world highly esteems, the Bible says are an abomination to God. The Bible says that we're being delivered, that he has delivered us from a crooked and evil generation. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God has been birthed in us and that it's growing in us and that it's working in us, but there's opposition from the kingdom of this world, from the prince of the power of the air. The, the kingdom that's alive in us, the life that's alive in us is being opposed by the kingdom and the death that's around us. And so it requires a press. It requires a push. It requires an endurance and a perseverance and a willingness to go forth and to overcome as Jesus overcame. It requires a fight. But God wants us to be encouraged because there's a couple of things that the Bible tells us about what's at work within us. The kingdom of God, the Bible says, is at work within us and the leavening agent of his spirit is leavening everything in our life. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 13 that the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. The rhyme I don't think is intended. 
the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 1 that the word of the kingdom has gone forth into the earth and that it is bringing forth fruit. It's bringing forth fruit. It's growing. It's increasing. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God has begun with a seed. And that seed is growing. It's the size of a mustard seed at the beginning. But that, that seed of the kingdom within us grows until it's a great and mighty tree in which all the birds can, can rest in its shade. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God within us suffers violence, Matthew chapter 16. But the violent take it by force. So there's, a, there's an inherent conflict in us overcoming and obtaining the promises of God. And there's just a couple of lessons that I think Romans gives us in chapter 8 about ways that we can become overcomers in him. First of all, whatever is born of God, the Bible tells us, 1 John chapter 5, overcomes the world. That's good news. Maybe we need to go there. 1 John chapter 5. In verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that, overcome, that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So the Bible teaches us that something has been born within us. The Spirit of God in us that's born within us overcomes the world. Jesus was born of the Father, and he overcame the world. And we have been born not from the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And we will overcome the world. But in Romans chapter 8, there's a wonderful promise here. It says that the law, in Romans 8, 2, that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free or has delivered me from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son and the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So what does it mean to have the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus abiding within us? You know, I was reminded, uh, just to pause for a minute, there are spiritual laws. How many know there are spiritual laws? How many know there's natural laws? There are natural laws governing our existence here on earth. I mean, oh, gravity has us sitting here right now, amen? That's a, that's a law. I was reminded, Frank was preaching uh, a couple of weeks ago on faith, and he was talking about Mark eleven twenty three. Does anybody remember that? Was anybody here for that? He was talking about how whatever you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth comes to pass, right? That's a spiritual law. If you doubt not in your heart, 
when you express by faith with your mouth, results come. Amen? That's a spiritual law. This is also a spiritual law. In other words, if we were to pull back the curtains, this would be true. And the spiritual law is that the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. So the, let me read it this way. The, in the NIV, it says the law of the spirit who gives life. The NLT says the power of the life-giving spirit. Either way, life in our spirits overcomes death in our members. So God says, I'm giving you power to overcome sin in your life. I'm giving you authority to destroy the sin that wants to control you. The Bible tells us that sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin has been condemned and judged. So when Jesus hung on the cross, the Bible says that the wrath of God was poured out upon him and sin was condemned in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled, right? So God doesn't lie. In other words, when sin requires a penalty of death, the Bible tells us that the word is true. Sin received the penalty of death on the cross when Jesus was crucified. But the good news is that when we, by faith, identify with his death and his resurrection, we walk now by the Spirit, and by the Spirit, it provides life to us. So we now live and walk in newness of life. How many know that we are overcomers when we walk by the Spirit of God? We overcome when we are not ruled by our sinful cravings and our desires and our appetites and our emotions and our lusts. When we live that way, we are overcome. But when we live and walk by the Spirit of God, by the life of God that's within us, we become the overcomers. And the reason why is because the greater one lives in us. So we walk by the Spirit and we know to, excuse me, we will not uh, satisfy the lust of the flesh. So in order to overcome, we have to have an overcoming mindset. Say mindset. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that those who set their minds on the things of the flesh live according to the, I got that backwards. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the, thing, the things of the flesh. Those who set their minds according to the spirit live according to the spirit. Find somebody nearby and say, change your mindset. Very important. Change your mindset. If we are going to live an overcoming life, we have to learn to change our minds regularly. Listen, the kingdom of God is at work within us, amen? The life of God is at work in our spirits. It's bringing transformation. It's bringing life to our mortal bodies. How many of you say, I want, transforma I want transformation? 
Israel, when Jesus came, was looking for a political, military leader who would take control physically. They were looking for a Messiah like David because they knew he was of the son of David. And on that great day, when Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, what were they all crying? Hosanna, Hosanna, son of David, okay? What does Hosanna mean? Save, O Lord. Literally, it means save, O Lord. Come save, okay? Now, it later turned into praise, but it was originally in Psalm 118 a cry for God to save, okay? Now, follow for me uh, with a minute, for a minute here. The Israelites couldn't receive Christ because they were looking for him to come physically and bring war against the enemies of Israel, very much like David brought warfare to the Philistines and all of the nations around him and established a centralized government of Israel for them to dwell. Are you with me? In the new covenant, Jesus comes in. Now imagine these people. They're like, what are you kidding me? He comes in on a, on a donkey with a colt. Now one translation says there was a, a, a donkey and the other one just says it was a colt. We can infer that maybe they brought the mother with the colt so that it would, in case it went off, it would bring the baby where it needed to go. But Jesus was riding on a baby donkey. And this is supposed to be the Messiah that was prophesied in the Old Covenant to come to the nation of Israel. Now, the people who had spiritual sensitivity were crying out and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, because they knew that this humble man was going to bring transformation here rather than transformation out here. And that when he brings transformation in here, then the transformation comes out here. Because the kingdom of God, the Bible says, is within you. And the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. So God wants to bring transformation to our spirits by the Spirit of God. Now, this happens two ways. One, it happens by hanging out with God. I mean, no birds of a feather, they, they flock together. And Jesus said in my opening scripture here, I'm warming up now, praise God. It said in John chapter 16, Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you that you might have peace. So any la- when we're not at peace, we need to hear Jesus talk. Somebody say amen. When, you're, when we are not feeling peace, we need to hear what Jesus has to say. We need to spend time with him. We need to open up his word and let that get into our heart. Let that get into our mind. Let that get into our spirits. We need to shut off everything else and we need to come before him and worship him and hang out with him and spend time with him and let that permeate our being. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that we are being transformed like a mirror, even as by the Spirit of God. So in the one sense, there is a, and I hate to use this word in church, church, a mystical aspect of our transformation as we fellowship with the Spirit of God. But in the other sense, there is a very practical, say practical, don't lose me, I'm not done yet, I'm not gonna be long either. There's a very practical, boys, say practical, way that we are transformed. We are transformed by the renewing 
of our mind. And I saw that today, and it's been a cry of my heart. God, I want transformation in my life. I want to be transformed. I want to become this person that you said that I'm supposed to be. I want to be, you, do you know what transform means? It means become something different. It means grow into something different. I've Pastor Ned's used the example of the caterpillar and the butterfly. But we become transformed when we think differently. At the beginning of a new year, I want to challenge myself. You can join me if you'd like. To read more, spend more time reading the scriptures. Spend more time finding promises that are speaking to us and rehearsing those promises, confessing those promises. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, be renewed by the, in the spirit, excuse me, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man. A couple of other principles. We overcome when we're led by the spirit. I was, when I, we first got our dog, I had a friend who was a dog and horse trainer come over and she, she just came over. She was flexing. She's showing off. I mean, it was amazing what she was able to do with our dog. Remember when she came over? That? It was amazing what she was able to do with our dog in just a few minutes. Um, and we'd had her for, for a week or two. Anyway, um, I expressed some distaste with my ability to walk my dog. I said, listen, I got to tell you, walking the dog's a pain. We wanted to get a dog so we can get some exercise, and, it, and it's, it's a real hassle. She's either pulling up me or I'm pulling her because she's back behind and sniffing something or whatever. And she said, well, you're doing it all wrong, you see. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, the dog instinctually picks up on your tension on the leash. And she said, there, there should be a lag. So it should drop down. The leash should drop down, and there should be, it should be loose and have tension when you're, no tension, excuse me, when you're walking the dog. And if you're constantly pulling on the dog's chain, then it's not going to associate walking with something you do together, but as some sort of discipline. And it also takes time. So I had to learn, and she had to learn, how to walk together. Are you with me? She learned to be sensitive to when the pace of, that I was going and the direction I was going, and I learned to be just a little bit more sensitive to when every time we get to a mailbox, we need to find out who went to the bathroom there. And, and are you with me? Okay, come on. This uh, walk is something that took time and, that, and where sensitivity was involved. God wants us to learn, and, and by the way, we're the dog in this metaphor. <laughs> we're, the, we're the dog. God's not, you know, we're, we're not walking God along here. Amen? All right. But there, it does require the two of you with me. Amen. So we need to learn. If we're going to be overcomers, we got to get out of our heads all the time, overanalyzing information, information, analyzing. And we need to get more in here. And we need to learn to shut this off and tune into the Spirit of God. Amen? The Bible says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Why? 
because the Bible tells us in the next breath, you haven't received the spirit of, a, of bondage again to fear. In other words, your spirit was literally unrighteous before Christ came. When Jesus came, he made your spirit righteous. And now, at the core of your being, the spirit of God in you has made you righteous so that you can fellowship with God spirit to spirit as a father to a son. And the Bible says that we don't have fear. We have the spirit of adoption where we cry, Abba, Father. So we come to God continually. We say, Papa, Father. We walk with him in harmony. And if anything disrupts that harmony, we deal with it quickly. And we get back to harmony. God says, I want to walk with you and talk with you and do life with you and live in a way so that you know that I am for you just as you are for me. The Lord is on my side. Say that with me. The Lord is on my side. I can prove it to you. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against me? Now I want you to think, who shall bring a charge to God's elect? It's God that justified me. It's God that gave his son for me. He loved me. He brought Jesus forth to die for me. If God's for me, who could be against me? Now, I want you to think about something that's against you right now. You got it? I want you to think of a challenge that's in your mind right now, that, uh, that's in your life right now. You got one? Now, say, say with me, if God be for me, who can be against me? Who could be against me? And by the way, I just want to read this, this to you before we leave. In Psalm 118, and this is, this, this is the psalm. I would encourage you to read all of Psalm 118 if you get a chance over the break here. I kind of want to read the whole thing, but I won't for time's sake. Let me just read this. Psalm 118, verse 7. I'll start in verse 5. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. Let's do it one more time. The Lord is on my side. Say it. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. Amen. Amen. So we need to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to overcome by joining together in labor with God. And I'm using Romans 8. The Bible tells us that the all of creation is groaning with, with birth pangs. Like a woman in labor. All of creation right now is groaning. And God says, I want you to join with me and help me bring forth the new creation. And I want you to pray in the spirit because you're weak and sometimes you don't know what to pray or how to deal with things. But he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is and he helps in our weaknesses because he makes intercession for us according to the will of God. Listen, Jesus knows the heart of the matter. So we need to pray. We need to pray in the spirit and labor together with God to bring forth the things that God wants to bring forth in our lives. 
And then finally, we have to realize our destiny in God. This is a great scripture here in Romans chapter 8. And, and by the way, this is all past tense. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Say predestined. That means chosen. Say chosen. To be conformed, say conformed, to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Say called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Say justified. We're almost done. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Say glorified. So past tense, God has done the following. God knew us before we came to him. God chose us before we came to him. God called us before we came to him. He justified us or made us righteous. And number five, he glorified us. So God sees you right now in a glorified body with him upon the return of Jesus when he puts all rule and authority under the feet of Jesus and Jesus comes back and reclaims earth and raises and resurrects not only the spirits that have been born again through faith in Jesus Christ, but resurrects the very bodies that we're living in right now that have been subject to immortality and perfections and frustrations and sickness and sin and disease and all the other things that hurt and kill and steal and destroy. God says in the very last day, I'm coming back not only for your spirit, but I'm coming for spirit, soul, and body and we shall in a moment be changed says the Lord and we will be as he is and we will see him as he is say glorified God sees that moment right now as we sit here in this church I did it before you came to Christ I called you I made you righteous I chose you specifically for a purpose And I just want to say that last thing. Hallelujah. If we're going to be overcomers, we got to realize that we are valuable to God and we are valuable to his kingdom and that we have a place in his kingdom. And I almost felt like you guys are all just sitting here together and I was hoping the others would be here too. But I felt specifically, and I know you're my boys, but I just want to say it anyway. God wants you to know, and you too, that you have a purpose and a plan and that you have a very specific purpose and a very specific plan in the kingdom of God. And God says, I chose you very specifically and very carefully, and I pointed you out, and I said, I want that one, and I want you to stay with me, because if you stay with me, I'm going to show you the destiny that I have for you in my kingdom, in my time, in my purpose. We've been working on a hearth and a fireplace and we uh we've been choosing specific stones and where they're going to go and there's a different color scheme and there's a different size and listen God says I know the ones that I have chosen and I know that just as Jesus had to overcome rejection and just as Jesus was rejected indeed by men and just as we in this life will be rejected at times we will feel like we are not uh, in the in crowd so to speak Jesus 
said, I know what that's like. And I overcame that. And they rejected me. But they rejected me, but God chose me. Hallelujah. They pushed me. The Bible says, you want to push me over a cliff? Jesus says, you push me, but God helped me. And even with every step of rejection, God says, I want you to see a step of acceptance in the kingdom. So to the degree that you're rejected in this world and in this realm and to the degree that you're having trouble in this life and in this realm, I want you to see acceptance and I want you to see promotion and I want you to see movement in the kingdom, in the calling, and I want you to learn to press. You got 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 to learn to press. The devil wants you to get Push back and lay down and quit and lay down under the pressure and under the stress and say, no, I'm giving up. I've had, I think I'm going to try something else. This isn't working out. God says, no, this is the work that's going on in your spirit. This is the work that I've placed within you. This is the work of my spirit in you. Building endurance, building strength, building the ability and the capacity to pursue me and to move on past failure. Don't define yourself by your failure. God said it's time to stop defining yourself by that failure. It's time to stop calculating all of the losses that you're going to incur because of that failure and because of what you've done. God says I want you now to look to me and look at what I can do with those failures and look at what I can do with those mistakes and I want you to stop calculating your own ability but look to my ability because I am able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to what the power that's at work within you they say there's power at work within me the spirit of God is at work within me the kingdom of God is at work within me Hosanna to the son of David Hosanna to the Son of God, hallelujah. He is our Savior. He is our King. He has brought forth deliverance. He has brought forth salvation. He has saved, and he will continue to save. He has overcome, and we will follow him and become overcomers with him, hallelujah. He overcame the world. He overcame the grave, and he's called us to do the same, to overcome the world and to overcome the grave, hallelujah. Through the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ from the grave. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So in sum, hallelujah, God help us to see transformation, to see growth. You know, this is a worldly thing maybe that's going on in the educational realm, but there's some truth in it, and I don't like to, but I'm going to anyway. We got to be growth mindset. We really do. God says, I want you to, to see the growth in your spirit. You're growing. You're growing. You're getting stronger. You're learning to press. You're learning to take what the devil gives you and throw it right back in his face. You know, the definition of overcome means... Hold on. I got McMillan and I got Webster. The definition of overcome. Oh, I thought I wrote this down. This looks good. Anyway. Um, well, I'll tell you later. 
here we go. To get the better of, to win. The, the enemy wants to get the better of you. He wants to, he wants to put something in you and say, this is going to get him this time. The last thing I tried, it didn't get him. But this is going to get the better of him. No, we're going to get the better of him because we triumph through Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.